This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. Welcome to Podcast, produced by students in the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media program at Durham College. This is Megan Hamilton, and welcome to my show, Spill the Tea. Today, we're going to be talking about how to explore your creative side, and even more importantly, how to get it started. I know with the pandemic impacting a big part of our lives, it's become really difficult to open our minds to new things. You're probably laying in bed, scrolling through Pinterest and TikTok, seeing all of the interests that catch your eye, and you play out a scenario in your head of you going through with such activities. You plan a day and a time, but you never do it. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Don't act offended. We've all done it once or twice or ten times before. As teenagers and young adults, this is meant to be our time to find ourselves and to be motivated. I'm here as a friend to see if you and I can sort this out. I know that we're working on a small budget, basically if we can do it for cheap or for free and safely at home. We're taking baby steps here, that's okay. I actually took to my Instagram and used my platform to see what others had to say, and I got some really good replies. One girl said that she wants to start journaling and keeping track of her thoughts and days, which you know what would be really good for your mental health. She said her obstacle is blaming herself for being unmotivated, and she wants to prioritize not blaming herself on the down days and recognizing that it takes time to build yourself up. Another girl had some great advice that I want you to remember. She said, whatever you choose to do, take your time, make a plan and research before jumping into things because you'll lose that motivation so much faster if you don't have a plan. Move at your own pace. Both great things to hear as these people actually don't live far from you and I. It goes to show that everyone has their own struggles, but we're all in this together. I was able to reach out to my younger brother who actually recently graduated high school during the pandemic. He makes music in his spare time and I was curious to see his point of view on how he keeps it going during the lockdown and the slow days. I've been producing music for the past few years now and I think I'm ready to start uploading my music to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all those sorts of music platforms. So I asked my brother if he had any advice to give to you guys and this was his response. Um, it's always the small things that you overlook. There's a lot of things that you enjoy. Like for example, I enjoy music a lot. So it was just a matter of me, you know, I was browsing around my computer for something to do. Maybe there was some games pre-installed and I came across uh, GarageBand. Don't overlook the small things because sometimes it's the small things that are, you know, that have the biggest opportunity and the most potential. Just know that during these times, putting in your best effort, even if it's not perfect, will be recognized. If you want to begin creating a channel or a podcast, start with jotting down notes and ideas. Get that creative flow going. If you want to redecorate, make a wish list to create a budget and a goal to save up for. If you want to start a healthier lifestyle, Google or use Pinterest to find different meal plans and ideas that can help inspire you. Small actions have big impacts. Never forget that. Thank you for chatting with me on my show, Spill the Tea. Your company means the world. See you next time. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. This is Ryan Delaney. You're listening to the Coffee Break. 
<laughs> All right. That's nasty. <laughs> the radio. Right here on Raj Radio. Hey, this is Ryan Delaney, and welcome to the Coffee Grind. Coming up today, we're going to be talking about Super Bowl 55 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's happening tomorrow, February 7th at 6.30 Eastern Time. You definitely don't want to miss it. Even if you're not a football fan, you should still definitely watch it because you know it's going to be a really good matchup. Alright, the game that everybody has been waiting for is finally happening this Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know I'm really excited to be watching it, of course, at the comfort of my own home with my father and uh, brothers. What everybody is really talking about is the quarterback matchup of the century. You got Tom Brady for the Bucks. Brady has won three league MVP awards, six Super Bowls, four Super Bowl MVP awards, 14-time Pro Bowler, and also twice led the NFL in passing yards. And against Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl champion last year with uh, the Super Bowl MVP, NFL's MVP, and the NFL's Offense Player of the Year. You also have the matchup between Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. So much talent on both teams, both offensively and defensively. Just both teams have a great season. The Chiefs record right now is 16-2, which is amazing. The Buccaneers record right now is 14-5. These two quarterbacks have met up before, though. Uh, they faced in the AFC Championship in 2019. Uh, Tom Brady with the Patriots. And the Patriots ended up beating the Chiefs 37-31. And obviously moving on to beat the Rams 13-3 in the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, the Chiefs bounced back with a hard-fought season and uh, defeated the 49ers last year. And the question becomes, will Mahomes go back-to-back or Brady win his seventh Super Bowl and make the Bucks champions? You know, I, I got to give it to, uh, to Tom Brady here. He's, he's 18 years older than Mahomes, and a lot of people doubted him, saying that, you know, he should have retired or he's nothing without Belichick and maybe he's too old or that he should have just maybe stayed with New England but you gotta give the guy some credit he basically just proved everyone wrong and you know he saw a new opportunity and took it he uh, fought hard all season and is still a great quarterback we all know and love I think this is his 10th appearance now in the Super Bowl I also find it weird that not only are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the finals but for that Tampa Bay Lightning went to the finals and won the Stanley Cup and the Tampa Bay Rays went to the World Series, and even though they didn't win, but it was still close. Just a big year for Florida sports, and uh, we're seeing history in the making. And uh, you definitely don't want to miss it. Two amazing football teams head-to-head, -head, but only one team will win the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Find out who wins on Sunday, February 7th, 6.30 Eastern Time. It's going to be a good game. And uh, that's all for today on the Super Bowl 55 Review. Thanks for listening to The Coffee Grind. See you next time. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. Hello, hello, this is Aiden Cook and welcome to The Bolt. Today, we are talking about something that could be quite nostalgic for some of you 90s babies. We are talking Pokemon cards and more specifically how they're making a huge resurgence. If you haven't heard of Pokemon or have heard of them but aren't 100% sure what they are, 
Pokemon is a series of Japanese video games, shows, movies, toys, and collectible cards which feature different Pokemon creatures in which they would battle. The trading cards specifically are used for a trading card game where two players have a deck of 60 cards and battle each other. But some cards over the past year have been floating around that are worth a small fortune, which has really been eye-opening to a lot of scalpers and resellers. Some examples of cards that are worth more than a car would be a first edition holographic Charizard. A PSA 10 version of this card, meaning its perfect condition, sold for $55,000 at an auction in 2017. The most expensive card to ever sell was a Japanese Pokemon Illustrator card, which was a prize card given to the winner of a Pokemon trading card game tournament in 1998. This card is not 100% known what it was sold at, but it's estimated to be sold at in between $150,000 and $200,000. Though vintage cards tend to be the most expensive because they aren't being printed anymore, a lot of recent Pokemon sets also have cards that a lot of people are chasing for. Most of the cards being secret rares, full arts, and rainbow rares, which are more expensive because of how rare they are to find compared to normal cards. Some of the rare cards go for around $5, while some of them can go up to around $600 depending on the card. An example would be a rainbow full art Charizard, which is extremely hard to find. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, I used to play with Pokemon cards in the 90s, why are they all of a sudden exploding again? Last year, a YouTuber named Logan Paul invested a lot of money into vintage Pokemon packs to open on his podcast. And naturally, with his huge following, it got a lot of people to get either back into collecting cards or to start collecting cards themselves, which has put cards in extremely high demand because everyone is buying out the shelves. Even Twitch streamers and content creators on other platforms are spending tens of thousands of dollars on packs to see if they can make profit, some of which have gotten extremely lucky and almost doubled their money, while others have been taking it as more of a joke. A streamer by the name of Soda Poppin bought a couple packs for a few thousand dollars just to destroy all the expensive cards. He did things like put them in water, set them on fire, or even take Cheeto dust covered fingers and spread them all over the card. This had a huge backlash with the Pokemon community, especially because he was ruining cards that are extremely sought after. Speaking of the Pokemon community getting upset, the influx of people buying cards has been extremely negative on the collector's side. Photos and videos have been circulating online of people scalping at Walmart, waiting for the second they restock cards and grabbing anything and everything they can. It makes cards for avid collectors like myself extremely hard to find unless you either scalp them yourselves or pay double the price online. I feel like there's a lot better ways that you could invest your money to almost get guaranteed profit compared to buying a piece of cardboard that might not hold its value in a couple years. Anyways, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning into The Bolt. My name is Aiden Cook, and I hope you stay safe and have an amazing rest of your day. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. Welcome to the Kick Back and Relax Show. I'm your host, Saima Gerda, and this is the show that features everything from movies, sports, gaming, entertainment, and much more. Today's show is going to be about yet another binge or not Netflix series. So let's dive right into it. Hello, 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 everyone. I know this lockdown is becoming very dreadful and boring, and I'm pretty sure some of us can binge on a new show series. And who knows, this series might just be the right fit for you, or maybe not. Wings Club comes to life in Netflix's Faith, the Wings Saga. 
But should you stream it or skip it? That's the real question. Faith the Wing Saga follows Bloom, a girl who seems like she's normal, and then she finds out, whoa, I'm actually a super powerful fairy. Oh, so lost. You must be a fairy. I am a fairy. So she heads off to this very exclusive school for fairies, and she finds the two things that every good teen drama needs. Cute boys and scary monsters. And sometimes those are the same things. But Faith, the Wing Saga is a frustrating show. Based on a popular children's cartoon about fairy warriors, the, the series should be glittery celebration of girl power and it's most girly. However, the Netflix live action adaption chooses dark, gritty, and complex over fun, femme, and upbeat at every turn. The result is a confusing mess of a YA fantasy show that is meant to narrow the audience of the animated series fanbase, one old enough to appreciate the mature tone while also ignoring the Netflix show's extreme departures from the spirit of the source material. I'm just kind of bummed I didn't see a single pair of wings. What's a fairy show without wings? And they also missed out on the perfect, most obvious opportunity to use Prodigy's Firestarter song. What a shame. This would go perfect with the show. The plot is entertaining enough to keep you invested though. While I wouldn't say that anything truly unique or spectacular was going on, there was enough happening in each episode to keep me coming back for more. The mystery behind Bloom's identity, the violent monsters, and the abilities of the fairies helped carry along the pace of this show. Even though a lot of teen melodrama got in the way, but I expected that to happen anyways. All I could say is that this is one of those shows that everyone will forget sooner or later and will be left behind. While it was basically your typical vampire teenage show, but with fairies, I still thought that it did enough to serve as a quick binge watch. Well, that is all for this week, guys. Thank you all for listening to the Kick Back and Relax show with your one and only host, Saima Garda. Take care, be safe, and have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Oh. Every episode I talk about what this podcast is about and what I think I want it to accomplish. And that is, I want to share as many stories from as many people as humanly possible and, and really delve into what mental health means and how it's impacted so many different people in so many different ways. Uh, today's guest is someone that I had the pleasure of working with over a year ago now, almost two years ago now, since he, uh, he made the switch before I did. And he's had his own mental health journey and He's on TV in Muskoka. Welcome to the show, James Bowler. Thank you very much. Is there a round of applause that plays in the background at some point here? Or Tell you what, for you, myself? I will add one. <laughs> Thank Thunderous you very much, applause. Phil, for inviting me. Absolutely. So right out of the gate, why don't, you, why don't you tell us about your own experiences with mental health and kind of the journey you've been on that's led you to wanting to talk on the show here? 
So um, last year, actually just at the end of the year before last year, so the end of 2019, I started having um, weird symptoms. Um, a lot of it was like head spins and really feeling dizzy and, and uh, cloudy. Um, it was so unexplainable and I had never felt it before and it just never seemed to want to go away. It was at first, it was a few times a week and then it just happened constantly. Um, and finally, you know, um, about a few, six months in, I think, I finally talked to a friend of mine who was a friend of somebody who worked for the CMHA or CAMH. And uh, she said, yeah, I mean, you, you have symptoms related to depression and anxiety. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had always kind of wondered if, if I was suffering from anxiety in my personality because working at different places, um, stress had built up over time and, and it was just, you know, I, I it fit in what she was saying. Um, and it really, it, it kind of gave me an answer to the question of what is wrong with me um, and gave me a, a starting point to move into um, a journey of, of self-reflection and, and, and fixing what the issue was inside of me and, and, and realizing that uh, mental health is not just something that's in your head. I mean, it's, it can be physical. It, it creates its own physicality and you, you don't deal with it. So it was a, it was a sobering experience. I'm still dealing with it now. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are still days where I have trouble, um, but it's, it's been a journey for sure. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you talked about the fact that it manifests physically to a certain extent, because uh, my own experiences with mental health, so much of it comes to me personally in a physical sense. It's not a, a, a fear. It's not a dread. It's a weight on my chest. It's a, a need to get up and move around. It's all these different things that come about physically. So I'm, I'm really glad that we're able to share these experiences and talk about that it's not just in your head, it's in your body, it's in every part of your being, for lack of a better word. No, and to reiterate again, you know, like it's, it, it will make itself known, um, but it is something that's wrong with you. It's something that's, that is, uh, it's its own disease um, and you need to find ways to treat it. Otherwise it will manifest in ways that it did with me. It got to the, you know, to the worst and it could have gotten worse. I mean, it could have um, become much worse for me. So, um, it's, it's a, it was a wake up call for me to realize that I need to mentally deal with these things and, and, and take better care of myself physically and mentally. Oh, absolutely. Now our, our connection is on a professional level. You and I both worked for a radio station that doesn't need extra mention. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. all that said, <laughs> we were both reporters and I was wondering if you could dig into it a little bit and kind of express in from your perspective, the kind of toll that being a reporter, being part of a corporate entity, how, how the kind of impact that that has on one's mental health? Um, there are things that you internalize, just like, and I, I don't want to totally compare myself to somebody who's a first line worker, like a frontline worker, like a police officer or a paramedic, but they don't realize that it's take mental health. And I think it's the same thing for reporters, especially in, in a criminal coverage area. Um, we tend to really turn off our emotions. I, at least I did when I was going to the court and I have to turn everything off in order to deal with some of the things I was seeing. And there's no, there's no freedom. You know, it's just go, 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 go. Why don't you have this done? Why don't you have this done? 
you know, there's so much pressure on reporters. And I think the level of respect in certain areas, the job that I have now, thankfully, I have so much respect for my boss and uh, so much support. But um, other jobs I've worked as a reporter, they, they just treat you as like, um, you know, as a, as a disposable resource that once you're used up, they toss you and find another one. And to that last point in particular, James, uh, when I resigned from that uh, radio station we both worked for, I didn't even get a goodbye from the district manager or my direct supervisor. I had a similar experience. Uh, I had a falling out with one of the managers big time uh, because of his ignorance and, and basically he was just incompetent and rude. Um, and him and I had butted heads many times, but uh, because of that, I had a similar experience with other management. Um, you probably had a similar experience to me. They take it as a personal sort of, oh, you're leaving? How dare you do that to us? We gave you this job and now you're just leaving. You know, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm furthering my own career. I don't just want to pile on this. I mean, there are other jobs where I've had the same similar experiences as a reporter. Uh, and I think it's just a culture that people feel that reporters are um, disposable, that we are, you know, because there's so many being churned out constantly from schools and stuff, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're replaceable. And obviously, every career path has its ups and downs. Every career path has positives and negatives. With the, the path you're on now, thinking back to whenever you started this journey to now, what are some of the, the highest highs you've experienced and kind of some of the lowest points you've experienced as well? Um, control what I own sort of day has been very valuable to me. I, didn't, I, I felt like in other jobs and then that other job as well, I felt like I was being, you know, um, babysat almost. And now it's, you know, I've been in this job, I've been in this career for a decade. I don't need to be babysat. Um, and so I have that, that confidence from my boss that I can do this job properly. And, and it's, you know, it is a respect that I'm given that I appreciate because I feel like in some ways I do deserve it. So that's a real good point of this. Um, you know, again, it's, I think in the mental health side of it, the, the biggest lows are just trying to um, push away the thoughts that I'm not good enough or that I don't know what I, because, you know, when you, when you have, when you have mental health issues, you always feel like you're not great. Like you're in, there are always sort of ways of questioning what you do. And for me, it's, you know, I feel incompetent. Am I really, you know, uh, good at what I do? Or am I just sliding by, you know, like, do people respect me? So um, it's, it is, it, those are low points for me, because um, I have to drag myself through the mud. And, and um, even though I'm given respect, and, and, um, support I, I still question whether i'm respected and it's not in any way because the current boss that i have is not showing me that it's because it's a personal thing that i i can't um sometimes push my brain past so those are very low points for me but you know the highest points are just again the uh autonomy and, and being able to to uh, be trusted to do the job that i've been asked to do with a level of respect knowing that I know I'm doing basically, you know. No, that's a, a much deeper answer than what I had personally. I was just going to say things like getting to drive a, a truck on company dollar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly what you're asking, but I mean, I, you know, it's like you take joy out of whatever makes you happy. So, you know, what makes you happy makes you happy is different with what makes me happy. And if it's smaller 
sort of things like that are, are points of joy in your life, even in your day, that's good because you need to find those things as well. I think personally, I don't, because of my struggle, because of my, my level of depression that I've reached, even though I'm, I'm now getting out of that, it's still, it's tough for me on a daily basis to find those little bits of joy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I look at bigger picture stuff to try to make myself feel better at times those low moments uh, and I'm but you know I, I feel like I am getting back to a point where I can find little pieces of happiness in the day that that kind of make me feel good about me oh I, and for sure I, I definitely get that uh, what you're talking about with feeling not quite good enough not like you're you're just kind of just skating by as opposed to thriving and so on that's something that I I still experience on a daily basis even when I have my co-workers saying Phil you're doing great like there's nothing to worry about so I'm again I'm glad that we're able to relate that way and I hope that people out there listening also can can relate to it to a certain extent and hear that you're coming out the other side of it and that there's ways to work through it well and that's the thing you have to remind yourself Phil is you are good enough you know you personally, I mean, I've known you for quite a few years and I've, your work has always been really good. You know, um, this is not to blow smoke up your butt, <laughs> but you know, um, I, I think people would recognize that you are a good reporter and, and, um, it, you know, I feel the same way about the work that I do. I know that it's good, but sometimes you, 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 I think probably most reporters, who aren't egotistical um, will will have some level in their own work and their own ability to do the job. That's just what it comes along with this is because we are, I consider uh, us public servants and um, we are accountable to the public in terms of what we do. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the job that, that we have been tasked with of making sure that we're getting the right information out there and, and in, in, a, in a comprehensive and, um, you know, uh, understandable way. So it's, it's natural, I think, to question whether or not you're doing that properly. Um, but it's important to remind yourself that if you weren't, then you wouldn't have this job, you know. Oh, Absolutely. Now, I'm running out of time here, but I've got a tradition on this show that I, I hope you'll continue with me. If there's someone out there listening that's that's struggling, okay. going through something challenging, for lack of a better word, what would you want them to know? What do you want someone struggling to hear right now? That you have a support network. I, it doesn't matter um, who you are. There's There's always someone in your life, whether it be one person or five people or 20, who is willing to listen to you and help you get through this. That was the biggest thing for me with this was having a support network of friends and family who understood that I had an issue and and were willing to just listen. So I think if you feel the way you, you, first of all, your feelings are relevant, no matter what anyone says. Um, And if you feel bad about yourself, you need to talk to somebody and make sure that they realize that you're feeling this way so they can help you through this. Now, I couldn't have said it any better myself, but that's why I bring guests like you on, because I genuinely can't say it any better. <laughs> now, James, if people want to know more about you or uh, or get the latest Muskoka news, where can they go for that? Well, they can definitely follow my news reports on Your TV Muskoka. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you, 
Um, and you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at journalist Jim um, on Twitter. So please, you know, give me a follow if you'd like to see some of the work that I'm doing. Wonderful stuff. Thank you very much for joining me, James. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, Phil. Thank you for having me. Well, that about does it for Mental Health Moments. If you would like to be a guest on the show or you just want to share your story, either publicly or anonymously, you can contact me at phil at 1059theregion.com or you can reach out to info at 1059theregion.com. Until then, I close with, you are loved. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 1059 The Region. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.